0: Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive, natural childbirth stories in your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this is episode number 10. I cannot believe we are already in the double digits. I am so excited. And this episode today, once again, I must say, is incredible. Rebecca's story is so powerful, and she gives us such intimate detail of how she and her husband struggled with infertility, how they then became pregnant, had a wonderful pregnancy with their first, but then labor went a little differently than they had expected, and then the surprise Uh, second pregnancy with her second child and how that labor went. So you're going to want to listen to all of it. It is just an amazing, mind-blowing story. Before we get to the interview, I want to tell you guys just a few quick little things. First thing is that I'm doing a giveaway. So if you will go to iTunes and review this show and give it a rating, five stars would be great. Um, I will pick one of the reviews to read out loud during our next podcast. And uh, so I'll be reading the winner then, and then the winner can contact me and I will send you your sticker. And these stickers are really cute. They're vinyl. I put one on my coffee mug and I think it looks quite dandy there. Apparently it can go in the dishwasher just fine. So if you are interested, please head over to iTunes and do that. That is the best way to get the show out there to other moms who might be interested So I am so grateful for the reviews and ratings that I've received so far. There's been a number of them. So thank you guys so much. And I'll be picking a winner from that next week. So if you have written or do write a review, make sure that you tune into next week's episode. And if you want to see what the little sticker looks like, you can head over to my Instagram. If you're not there already, then what are you doing with your life? But head on over to happy home birth podcast. And you can see the sticker because we just did a giveaway on Instagram as well. So that is that. And now I want to thank our sponsors for this week. You guys are making this podcast a reality and you're helping me improve it along the way. This week we have hatched traditional midwifery, the glowing mama's course by Stephanie Sibio and mama moon birth photography. Hatched-at-home midwife, Carrie LaChapelle, is a licensed midwife and CPM of 12 years, offering home birth services in the upstate of South Carolina. She provides evidence-based prenatal care, mama-baby family-centered home birth care, including water birth, and mama-baby postpartum care from birth to six weeks and beyond. Carrie also offers extras like beautiful Bangkok belly binding, and she carries a wide variety of wish garden tinctures in her office, which I hit up on the regular Wish Garden is the best. Carrie offers free consultations to see if she's a good fit for your birth. So visit Hatched at Home website at www.hatchedathome.com or you can check her out on Facebook at Hatched Midwife Carrie Chapelle, and that's L-A-C-H-A-P-E-L-L-E Or just get in touch with her by calling Carrie at 864-907-6363. And I have a very special, fond place in my heart for Carrie because she is my midwife this time around. So give her a call if you're in the upstate of South Carolina. You probably already know of her because she is the talk of the town. She's such an incredible midwife. And in fact, our interviewee of today, this just happened to work out with the timing, but our interviewee. Used Carrie. So Carrie is mentioned in this birth story. This is so cool. So let's go ahead and head on over to the interview, and I know you guys are going to love it. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us on Happy Home Birth. I would love for you to just start by introducing yourself and your family. Um, I am a
1: nurse, uh, started in the recovery room, and now I'm a nurse educator. I'm married to my husband, Tim, and we have two boys Chandler, who is two. And Donovan, who is seven weeks and a crazy cat.
0: <laughs> so that's my, that's my family. One crazy cat. You can't forget him. So before we started the interview, Rebecca, you told me that you and your husband actually struggled with infertility um, before your first pregnancy. So would you mind telling the listeners what that was like and how your journey progressed? Um, yeah,
1: we got married um, uh, in twenty. 20- 14, in February, 2014, started trying to have um, kids in July that year after I finished grad school. And because, you know, I was 35 when we got married and he was 34, we knew that, you know, we might have some issues Um, and (sighs) tried and tried and tried. And I came off birth control pills, like I said, in July and my body reacted horribly to that process to the point where the only way I know of to describe it is like going through withdrawal, like a hormone withdrawal. Um, My body reacted as as if I was pregnant, but there was no pregnancy. And so when you hear the words infertility and IVF is going to be your best bet at having a baby, even though you suspect it, emotionally it's devastating and it's just like getting hit in the face with this massive punch and so of course we were in a newlywed sunday school group at church and everybody around me is getting pregnant and like all the guy has to do is look at the girl cross-eyed and boom she's popping out a kid and we live in a culture that's oh you're married when are you gonna have kids and it's like that grief process every single time that happens. And I really hit some emotional lows. Um, I remember one day I had a pregnancy dream and I woke up right as the baby was being born and I knew it wasn't true. And you'll forgive me if I get really emotional right now. Um, And I just spent that whole day crying and feeling like, if I just disappeared off the planet, nobody would notice or care. And But through all of that, God really showed me his faithfulness, and he taught me to trust him and to realize that my self-worth doesn't come from being a mom or being a wife or being a nurse or even being a woman. My self-worth comes from him and everything that he's done for me. And I, he literally took me to a point um, in December of that year um, where I was able to say publicly, I choose to be thankful for this journey, and I choose to be content with where God has put me right now. And that was really, really hard. <laughs> That was really hard, and it was a struggle to come to that point. But at that point, I had peace. And I say, looking back at it now, that God has a sense of humor. And the reason that I say that is I made a Facebook post regarding that literally the day a year before Chandler was born. Like, that was December 12th of 2015 and Chandler was born December 12th of 2016. Like I couldn't plan that. <laughs> That's God. Um, so we decided that we were just going to stop trying and we were going to look into adoption and foster care and DSS and, you know, helping kids that were already had, you know, were already born and needed families and love and care. And then I went to a nursing conference in April of 2016 and came home feeling kind of crummy And I just figured that I had picked up something in that trip. And all of my coworkers, this is the hazard of working with a bunch of nurses. All of my coworkers were like, just take a pregnancy test. They finally talked me into it. And lo and behold, it was, it was positive. And I mean, literally all I could say is God, you know, God chose to give us, you know, Chandler, who was our our, two-year-old, our two-year-old. And... um." It was, it was amazing. And I choose to speak about the infertility because so many women feel like they're alone and feel like they're the only one walking this path, and they're not. They're, they're really not. And if I can speak to my pain and my depression with it and emotional roller coaster and help somebody else and let somebody else know that they aren't alone, then it's worth it. It's worth it to speak of it and even relive it and cry and everything else. So that's why I talk about it because they really aren't alone. And, and women need to know that, you know, because it is an emotional journey.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing, Rebecca. I completely agree that this is something that so many women are struggling with. And, and no matter the fact that there are plenty going through it, it feels so isolating if you were one of the ones. So I think that if more people would share their stories like you just did, that would really provide hope and and a sense of understanding for those who are going through this. So I just thank you so much for your openness and candor with that. You're welcome. Now, I know you're a nurse. So tell me about that. Once you found out you were pregnant, how did you decide to have a home birth? Well, um, I was going
1: to um, an OB. Um, because of the infertility. And don't get me wrong, I loved my OV doctors. They were they were great, very responsive, very compassionate, understanding. Um, but I just felt like I was not on the same page as the office. And I won't go into it because I'm not going to badmouth you know, the office. They were doing the best that they could. But I just felt like we weren't on the same page. And I have always been fascinated with water bursts, um, ever since I first heard about them about probably about 20 years ago. And I was like, that is the most fascinating thing in the world. So I was talking about it with a, with a colleague at work and she's like, you totally need a midwife. She's like, I did the water delivery. It's awesome. So I got a list of names and in no particular order started calling down my list of names. And so met with the first one, liked her, met with the second one, liked her, um, called the third one on the phone. And she said, look, I'll be honest. I've got three or four bursts around when you're due. Um, she said, I really am not comfortable to take on another one at this point. She said, but if you can't find anybody else you like, call me back and we'll work it out. I said, okay, I appreciate your candor. Called number four. And that happened to be, um, Carrie LaChapelle, um, And within five to 10 minutes of meeting Carrie, I just fell in love with her, um, her personality and we meshed really well. And I'm like, this is what I want. So that was, that was the plan. We made the plan for a home water delivery. Um, yes, I'm a nurse, but I also feel like because I was a low risk, healthy pregnancy that, you know, I was just as safe at home with an experienced midwife as I would be in the hospital.
0: There's something about when people in the medical field appreciate the safety of home birth that just makes my heart so happy. So thank you for that. Now, it sounds like you had a great prenatal experience and you and the midwife got along really well. So what was the actual labor like? Uh, Labor
1: did not go according to plan, but that's okay. Um, I went into labor Friday night um, with Chandler and had very strong, steady contractions, was progressing. And all of a sudden, about three o'clock in the morning—well, I guess I should—I should back up. This was about ten thirty or eleven o'clock, Friday night, and about three to three thirty in the morning, Saturday morning, everything just stopped, like dead, stopped, nothing. So, did a lot of walking, did some bouncing on a birthing ball, you know, all the tricks to to get labor to restart. Saturday and Sunday, um, till about five o'clock in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon. Um, and about that point I was like, I need to get out and walk. So it's freezing cold cause it's December. I am outside walking around my neighborhood with my sister and my husband and a big old camping lantern because I'm like, I need air. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was a little crazy, but Um, it was, it was nice to be outside and get a little fresh air. And so I started getting a lot of pressure that started up and then seemed like things were starting to pick up again. About 11 or 1130 that night, Sunday night, I hit eight centimeters. So everybody's back at my house, um,
0: midwife and her apprentice and my doula and everybody. Hey guys, I want to interrupt really quickly to tell you guys about our other two sponsors. We have Stephanie Sibio from Glowing Mama to Be. She has a course called Glowing Mama to Be, and it's a weekly guide to a fit and healthy pregnancy. Training for labor and delivery is like training for a marathon. We have to train consistently and specific to the goal of a safe and healthy delivery. This program comes with weekly workouts, featured recipes, and so much more to support you from six weeks all the way to birth, and it's broken up into three trimesters, so you can purchase them all together or individually. Knowing how to eat and exercise properly when you're pregnant can be one less thing to worry about when you join Glowing Mamas to Be, and Stephanie is including a 15% off discount for any course that you choose if you use the code HAPPYHOMEBIRTH15. That's all one word and it's happy home birth one five. The link to the course landing page is glowing-mama-courses.thinkific.com. And you can check that out in the show notes. And then I also want to thank Mama Moon birth photography. Once again, Ashley Moon is a birth photographer and filmographer in the upstate of Greenville, South Carolina. She does lifestyle sessions and newborn fresh 48 sessions. The cool thing about Ashley's photography is that it's very documentary style. It's very raw and real. And what I love about it is that I don't feel like I have to clean up my house before she comes over. So if you want to check out her work, go to mamamoonbirthstories.com. Or look at her uh, beautiful photos on Instagram at mamamoon.birthphotography. We've used Ashley for our previous pregnancy, for our pregnancy announcement this time, and we are using her for our second birth. So I just cannot recommend her enough. And I can't thank our sponsors enough. If you guys want to sponsor an episode, email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com and we will get you set up. All right, let's head on back to the interview.
1: And I stayed at eight centimeters and never budged once I hit that point. Um, About eight or nine o'clock Monday morning now, um, I've been at eight centimeters the whole time. I woke up and talking with my midwife, with Carrie, and she's like, you know, I hate to say it, but I really think you need to go to the hospital to get an epidural. Um, You need sleep. You, you are so exhausted. You're so tired. You just don't have anything left. And I was like, okay. And everybody's looking at me, you know, everybody's looking at me like, I can't believe you agreed so fast. And I said, well, y'all don't understand. Um, 24 hours ago, God and I had a conversation about whether or not I was going to end up in the hospital. And if I was, whether I'd be okay with that. So I actually made peace with it 24 hours ago and they're all like, oh, Okay. So we went to the hospital, um, they gave me fluids, put in the epidural. I slept for about two hours, um, and then started pushing at five and had a, a vaginal delivery at six twenty-six with my, with Chandler, my two-year-old. So, wow. So it sounds like the sleep really helped. Yeah. Sleep definitely helps. Um, I mean, you can't, I figured out later I had been up for 27 hours and you can't do life after being up for 27 hours, let alone birth a baby. So, yeah, it was the right call. Um, I was not in trouble per se. i was not it was not an emergent transfer at all. Chandler was not in trouble. Um, it was literally just so I could get some pain relief long enough to recharge my batteries. Um, and I really think listening to my midwife at that point was the difference between my husband driving me in our car to the hospital. And having to do an emergent transfer later and then ending up with an emergency C-section because we were in trouble. So, yeah.
0: Oh, that's a really good point. I love that you bring that up. The fact that, you know, you were listening to your midwife and your midwife was paying attention to your body and what was going on. And by doing that, it made for an easy transport as she looked at those red flags instead of something rushed and hurried and more worrisome. Had you waited? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And again, it wasn't what I initially wanted, but it was what needed to happen because it was the best thing for us. You know, we always make plans and birth plans, especially when you're a nurse, you like to be in control of everything. But sometimes you have to let go of that control and let somebody else say, you know, this is kind of what needs to happen and listen to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So after you had Chandler, what were your expectations? Did you expect to have another child? Um,
1: I wanted, we, we wanted to have another child. Um, but with the infertility struggle, um, we weren't sure we would, and we were okay with that. Um, It was kind of a deal where I would like to have another child just because I don't want Chandler to be an only child. But it also, at the same time, if God doesn't choose to give us another child, I'm going to be content and happy with the one that I have. Because neither one, he wasn't promised to us in the first place.
0: So that sounds like a very peaceful headspace to be in. So tell me about that, though. How did you find out that you were pregnant with your second child? (laughs) um by accident. No. Um
1: we um <clears throat> we have a house that um whoever built it was on crack and oh. they didn't um I'm kidding, not really, but um they didn't build the stairs completely right. And so um one of the stairs actually broke and I fell and landed on my tailbone. So I had been taking Motrin twice a day for about four days because it hurt to walk and, and I needed to do that. And it was Monday morning and I'm just like, had this weird thought shoot across my head. Maybe I shouldn't be taking this Motrin. That was random. Where did that come from? Um. So on a whim... Um, I took a pregnancy test and it came up positive. Wow. And I've never been regular, so it wasn't like I had missed a missed a period or anything. Um it was literally just maybe I shouldn't be taking this Motron. Let's find out if I'm pregnant, you know, completely random. Um again, that I'm I'm convinced it was God, you know, just putting those thoughts in my mind. And so it was positive and I was like, holy cow, oh my word. This is crazy, um, in a good way. And so I tell my husband, and I text Carrie, and I was like, so how do you feel about repeat clients? And her answer was, I love repeat clients. Please tell me it's you. (laughs) And I was like, of course. And so we started talking, and she asked me, she said, do you want to go try for a home birth again? And I said, absolutely, unless you have a concern about it. And she's like, nope, no concerns on this end. Let's do it. So yeah, that's how I found out I was pregnant with Donovan. That is so cool.
0: I love that story. (laughs) A little nutty, but. Yeah, but such great intuition and listening on your part. That's just amazing. So now that we know how you found out, how did that pregnancy and birth go? Well,
1: with Chandler, we opted not to find out if it was a boy or a girl until he was born. So with Donovan, we actually found out. Um, my husband's family was excited to have another boy. They were kind of hoping oh. for a girl because apparently my husband's family doesn't have girls. The last one born was 51 years ago. It's, it's his aunt. Wow. <laughs> so they were all kind of like, please be a girl. Please be a girl. Please go a girl. Oh, it's a boy, but we're, it's okay. We're still excited that, you know, we'll have a healthy baby. And, um. I was like, you know what, whatever. Yes, I would kind of like a girl, but at the same time, I have a whole lot of boy stuff already and I already have a boy. So I kind of know how to deal with boys. <laughs> right. You already know what you're getting into. Um, so we, I basically worked right up until I um, went into labor with Donovan. And um, so Monday, I had some Monday, November 12th, I had just like the Pre labor stuff going on, just you know, your body getting ready to to go into labor. And then Tuesday morning, about 7:30, um, my mom, who takes care of the two year old for me when I'm at work, um, came over to pick Chandler up, and he was going to spend the day at Grandma's house. And I was just having some like little contractions about 7:30 in the morning. And up until about 2 o'clock, everything was completely erratic and nothing was really timeable. Um, I'd have a contraction that lasted 15 seconds. Then I'd have one that lasted like 45 seconds. And then I wouldn't have anything for 10 or 20 minutes. And then I mean just really all over the map. And about 2 o'clock, it started evening out. And we were about 10 minutes apart. And then about 3.30, we were at eight minutes apart. And then at 4.30, we were at five to eight minutes apart. And then at 5.30, we were about three to five minutes apart. I mean, and it just literally happened so fast. And um, we were, I was actually afraid at one point that Carrie wouldn't make it, but she did, And um, because I was like, this baby is not being born until she gets here. It's not happening. This baby is not coming until she gets here. And I heard her voice. Um, I was actually in the bathroom um, going, This child is also not going to be born on the toilet. It's not happening. And um, I heard her voice. We moved from the bathroom back to the couch. And in less than 10 minutes, had a baby. And it was great. Um, I had no complications, um, no tearing, and he was actually bigger than Chandler was. Um, he was eight, four, no tearing, no problems. He started hollering and, and, and that was that. And it was amazing. I was on such a high after it was all over that I had done it, you know, completely at home, completely unmedicated and it was like hey i really did this this is amazing you know so like i'm balling everywhere my dual is balling <laughs> you know all the all the emotional feels going on and um it was it was 11 hours start to finish and you know i got to eat real food afterwards and it was just it was an amazing experience and i don't even know if i can put into words the emotional aspect of it. It was just, it was like powerful and euphoric all at the same time.
0: Oh yeah. Euphoric is definitely the word that comes to my mind too, with that immediate sensation after birth. So I completely agree with you there. So I love being able to kind of picture how everything was set up and happening. So did I hear you say you gave birth on the couch?
1: (laughs) Yes. On the couch. Um, Carrie and I have jokingly, referred to the fact that we have had the birthing tub set up and filled and ready to go twice now and haven't used it. Oh, it's just a good decoration at this point. (laughs) We just think it's funny. Um, so I had a birthing ball in, um, my living room and then the couch and I did most of the laboring in my living room, either on the ball. Um, I was either rocking on the ball or leaning over the ball or, um, on the couch and doing some walking around, um, up until contractions got really, really strong. And, you know, obviously I didn't want to move. Um, and then, so I had mentioned earlier that I had gotten up to the bathroom to, to go to the bathroom and literally we have a half bath downstairs. And so the wall of the living room and the wall of the bathroom are the same wall. So when he was born, I went from that half bath, literally around the corner, back to the couch. And that was how fast everything was happening at that point. Because as soon as I laid back down on the couch, um, we were pretty much crowning. And so, um, we had, like I said, we had the birthing tub set up in our, we have like a little sunroom, um, that my husband had, had set up and, um, so we had the tub set up in there, but everything was moving so fast that I didn't even have time to get in it um <laughs> so we he was born right on the couch and um with my husband and 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 everybody just right there, and we had pads down and blankets and stuff to you know to protect the couch um not that I cared at that point mm-hmm. um and yeah, so I had hypno babies on my iPhone or on my iPod um going in the background too to kind of help center my mind. Oh, cool. Did you enjoy hypnobabies? I did. I did. Um, <clears throat> I think as because I am in the medical profession that hypnobabies, Babies is, is a wonderful curriculum. I, I love it. And I love the way that it centers people and the way that it takes that fear of childbirth away. I think it's a little harder for a medical professional to use it simply because of the way our brains work. Um, We don't, at least I don't, I don't know if this is all true for all nurses, but I don't fear the pain because I know it's a natural part of processes, um, especially working in surgery and stuff, because um, like, waking up after surgery, I tell people to expect pain. You know, it just, it's part of life. Um, You manage it, we get it tolerable, but it's there. So that's the only thing with hypnobabies. And I think with me personally was, um, I think it was a little harder to use just for me because of the way my brain works, but it is an amazing curriculum because it really did help me kind of stay calm and remind myself that this is natural. This is normal. You know, my body's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It just helped calm my mind and center, centering, centering and grounding myself.
0: Wow. And Rebecca, your story is so redemptive. I mean, to think about your struggle that you started off with, with, with infertility and then actually getting pregnant and then going through your pregnancy thinking that you were going to have a home birth getting to labor and realizing oh nope you know plans are changing getting pregnant again and then finally getting that unmedicated home birth that you so wanted for yourself i just love that and i mean i guess the only thing i can think of now is maybe you'll have to consider one more since you didn't get the water birth this time uh
1: I don't know. I'm 39 years old. I'm going to be 40 in a month. I don't know if I want to get pregnant after 40.
0: <laughs> okay, maybe just visit a pool then.
1: <laughs> no, if God if God if God chooses to bless us with another one, absolutely. Uh but oh, I don't
0: know. <laughs> well, either way, your story is just amazing. And I thank you so much for opening up with us, Rebecca, and sharing the hard parts and sharing the beautiful parts, because I know that this is going to help other women.
1: I hope so. I, I really, really hope so, because there is power in knowing that you're not alone Absolutely. and, and being, knowing that there is a community of people out there who not only have understand what you're going through, but have been there And, um, yeah, so I like to share. I I like to, to be able to, to touch someone else and, and maybe give them some hope.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on today, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. Well, there you have it, folks. What an encouraging story. I'm so grateful that Rebecca came on the show and was so willing to be open and, and share with us. And, What I wanted to talk about now was a new idea that I'd like to start uh, doing at the end of these podcasts, where we do kind of an episode roundup and talk about the highlights and, and what the takeaways are for the listeners. And with this episode, the things that really come to mind to me are, number one, having faith in the hard times. Number two... I think about community and how exposing your stories, exposing your struggles really helps build community and helps you find other people like you that may be struggling with the same things or maybe different things, but, but we recognize that we all have our own difficulties and struggles and not to feel silenced or suppressed by those, but to be open and share them and receive the love and support that we need. And then a third takeaway that I think about is how Rebecca listened to her midwife when her midwife said, okay, you know, it seems like it's time to go in. I think that's beautiful, and I love how she, how they communicated and how, yeah, Rebecca didn't get the home birth that she was planning, but she did get a happy birth, a vaginal birth, and was able to have her home birth the second time around. And that just brings me back to Rebecca's faith. And I think that that was such a beautiful display throughout this episode, her faith in God, and then her faith in herself too. It's just, it's really incredible. And I have loved hearing her story. I know that you guys had to love it too. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Happy Home Birth Podcast and come back next week.